If you could stand in the middle of our country and be heard from coast to coast, you could shout loudly that public education is in serious trouble and would probably hear not a single voice wafting back to contradict you. On that point, there is agreement even among people who normally do not agree. Not only parents and teachers in schools, but executives in corporate boardrooms and employees around the coffee urn and politicians in elected legislatures and personalities in the public media agree public education in our country is in serious trouble. It is also generally agreed that the most troubled schools are the high schools, filled with young adults who, while not necessarily wise or mature, are still able, legally or illegally, to engage in the same activities as do adults, legally or illegally. It is no secret that high schools are beset with campus crime, are combating floundering test scores, have drug dealers in their midst, and are fighting a losing battle against dropouts. Even more corrosive and widespread is the dull-eyed determination of those jumping through the hoops for no reason other than to graduate. It is not as if no one has noticed the problem or attempted to address it. Quite the contrary. Education is awash in proposed solutions. Probably no field has been so trampled by so many bandwagons, each driven by spirited teams of good intentions. They rattle by, toot their horns, beat their drums. People jump on and then topple off as the bandwagon vanishes down the road, either into oblivion or into the great educational recycler that will send it around again with a new name. Like the snake oil salesmen of old, these bandwagons offer tonics and elixirs and buzzwords as catchy as any popular aspirin. But somehow, in spite of the best of intentions, education has not gotten fixed. Quite the contrary, it grows worse. Why don't the bandwagons bring any solutions? Because, like aspirins, they attack the symptoms, not the causes of our educational disarray.